0: Ever feel like technology is just a bunch of digital noise? It's important to know what it's really about. This is Telecom Talk with host Pat Pittman. Pat brings over a half century of experience in the telecom industry and has seen firsthand many changes, regulations, and new technology. Now she answers your questions. Here's your host, Pat Pittman.
1: Well, good afternoon. This is Pat Pittman with Telcom Talk. And today we have a guest, Doug Arthur, from the Computer Handyman. Now, I know Doug about twenty years, I think, and over last week I had a computer meltdown, which just terribly upsets me because I'm on it all the time. And as always, I give Doug a call because he takes care of my computer really well, and he's always he's been available for me whenever I've needed him. So I thought we'd go over today a little bit about what I was doing wrong, um, or did wrong anyway, when it came to my computer acting up, and then what y'all can do for keeping your computers running, what you need to be doing. Um, what some of the gotchas are, and things like that. So uh, I'd like to introduce Doug Orpha. Hi, Doug. Well, hi, Pat. How are you?
2: Great. Nice to be with you in your audience today. A cloudy know, oh, uh, day in Phoenix, very rare for us.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I was wondering if it was going to rain. There's a line of showers coming this way, but I don't know if they'll make it like they usually don't. Right. You know, we can always hope. We can always hope. Someone said there were no there were no um monsoons uh, coming through. You know, they hadn't they did not see any monsoons forming this year so far, which is really weird.
2: Yes, yeah, usually we get some by now, but I'm sure we will before the summer's over.
1: Uh, I hope so. Anyway, so what did you f- what did you find out about my computer?
2: Well, I think the main culprit that, that got to you was malware. And I must tell you that about 75% of the issues that I run to, run into are related to malware problems.
1: Where do you get malware?
2: What ma- well, malware can come in from a lot of unintended places. Um, Oftentimes, I think the most common is we can get malware from people we know. They send us an email, we open up an attachment, and if we don't have the right protection or they don't have the right protection, the malware can find its way directly to us. Is it- Another way that malware comes to us is also on websites that have been hijacked. And although those hijackings don't usually last very long, if you happen to be on that site at the wrong time, you can get hit again that way too.
1: Is, that like a, is it like a virus? Well,
2: it's similar in the, in, in, in the respect that it causes damage. Um, you know, viruses we all are more common with because we think of, of a computer getting sick and not operating properly. Mm-hmm. But malware does something different in that it, it, it changes the script. It changes how Windows responds to commands. It can manipulate those commands. It can change those commands or simply just delete them totally.
1: So if I get a message that says um, the website's not responding because it's running, it's doing a long-running script, would that be considered malware?
2: Well, it's certainly possible. Uh, Fortunately, on on your computer, you now have Malwarebytes on there, and that's a product I do highly recommend. Okay. And what that's going to do is really shield you against those types of uh, websites that have been compromised. Uh, oftentimes, if you if you click on a website and it just doesn't seem to go through, the best antidote is just to sh- shut the browser down, open it up, and try it again. Uh, but I can assure you that if it's a malware that uh, is certainly uh, one that Malwarebytes addresses, it's going to find it and stop it.
1: How does it? How does Malvo do it? Just recognizing bits or something? <laughs> you know me? I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it it, uh, it it looks for abnormal scripts. It looks for things that are running in the background, things that are abnormal. Um, uh, you know, it's it's amazing how quickly it can catch things. Uh, but it's always scanning and protecting you, kind of just like. Any virus software does as well. If, if you open something and a Trojan hits you, that virus software is supposed to react and stop it.
1: Oh, yeah. So I get red, the little red boxes that said, you know, this is a bad site, so to speak. Don't go there. So I immediately stop. And
2: that's the right answer. And, you know, sometimes we inadvertently just mistype a website and it's going to scratch your head and say, well, I didn't have any trouble getting in there yesterday. But if you sometimes just take a moment and look at what you type, you might see that you've added a letter or a number or something different, mm-hmm. and that could be a whole other place that you'll end up going to unintended.
1: Ah, okay. So you're saying this malware bytes is um, a good thing to have on your computer.
2: Yeah, I, I think it is. Uh, and actually, it's available as a free download uh, that you can try out at uh, www.malwarebytes.org. O-R-G. And it's, uh, I highly recommend it. I've been using in, in, uh, this product for my customers uh, as long as I can remember. And I must tell you, the ones that keep it running, that update it when they're supposed to, that run the scans that pay for it annually to keep the subscription up, most never have a malware issue. So well, I find it very effective. But unfortunately, sometimes people buy it once and then they don't buy it again. And I always tell them it's a lot more expensive to have me come and fix it than it is to maintain the software.
1: True. Now you would... I <clears throat> This weekend when I was going through my computer, I did find a folder from 9... from 2... Well, I guess it was 2018 for malware. So I did have it at one point. I know I had it. So I don't know what happened to it, but I have um, renewed it or bought another subscription. So I gave you that information.
2: Right, right, yes. Now you're well protected. But sometimes what happens, too, that I found out is when um, antivirus software needs to do a program update, it mm-hmm. Sometimes ask that you remove malware bytes in order to do the update and do the uninstalling that it requires, but oftentimes people get frustrated or they don't know what to do or how to get their malware bytes back on after the antivirus does the software. And oftentimes that's where it goes. That's how it disappears. Is it's uninstalled during the reinstallation of the antivirus software, but typically customers don't know how to get it back on and. Uh, so that's when I encourage them to call me so I can help them with that task.
1: That's probably what I did and don't, didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Right.
2: right. And, and, and that does happen. And what I recommend to people to do is always look in that taskbar, in the bottom right-hand corner of your computer, right where you see the time clock appear. There's usually a, a, an arrow that you can click on. And when you click that, it'll show you what's running in the background. And that's a good, quick way to check to make sure your antivirus software is running, your malware bytes is running. And a third one that I think is also important is a product called Super Anti-Spyware. And as it might sound, spyware is also on our computers, and we get that every time we go on the Internet, practically. Um, And a lot of spyware is innocent. It's just trying to track where you're going. So, for example, it can make suggestions if you're looking for say, a particular pattern of clothing, and you type that in, and then you wonder, well, how did they know that I was looking for this? Or how did this website know I was, well, that, that's, that's what spyware does, and that's, uh, that super anti-spyware will, will protect you from that and get rid of that spyware that eventually will find its way on your computer. And sometimes, too, that spyware can actually lead to malware because it can attract bad things. And for example, on your computer, you have those three protections the antivirus, the malware protection, and the spyware protection. And those three running together uh, will do a real efficient job in keeping those bad guys away from you.
1: Okay, so you need all three. You you know, you have to. Yeah, they go run hand in hand, so to speak.
2: Well, they they all do an efficient job in what they're designed to do. Uh, And the the antivirus software that I've been recommending for years is Trend Micro uh, Internet Security. And it will scan and update by itself, but it does a really good job with viruses. That's what it's intended to do. It does an okay job with malware and spyware, but just not enough. And that's why those two additional softwares that really excel in those two fields seem to do a really comprehensive job for my customers. And, again, it's, it's cheaper than calling me to, to fix the problem. And oftentimes, the problems destroy the operating system or create unpredictability, which makes the system uh, unusable Ugh. or unstable. Like mine. Yes. Uh, well, in, in your case... Uh, So much of the malware uh, infiltrated the registry. And a registry you might have heard of before is just a a bunch of lines of code that Windows reads every time you reboot your computer. And when you have erroneous codes or damaged codes and Windows doesn't know what to do or can't recognize certain hardware or even commands that you ask it to to run, that's rendering the, the computer fairly useless or, like I say, unstable or unpredictable. And I even had a case recently... Where a customer would click on an icon, say for Microsoft Word, and it would take her to the internet. And everything got relabeled and renamed through this, this malware that, that rewrote the registry. So it could be pretty devastating in some cases.
1: Yes. I would be pulling my hair out for that one.
2: <laughs> wow. Well, another good thing that you have is an online backup source. So that's really very helpful.
1: Uh, so, I'll, why don't uh, we.
2: Something I always recommend to people.
1: Talk, let's talk a little bit about that. So, I, you, I have, if I remember, car, Carbonite, right?
2: Yes, uh huh. Same one I have.
1: Oh, okay. You use that one also.
2: I do. And what I like most about Carbonite is I, I describe it as brainless. Once <laughs> you install it, there's <laughs> it really nothing more to do. It does everything by itself. And it even color codes the files. So when you initially load it, all the files will be yellow, which indicates that it's pending a backup. And then once it completes the backup, then it turns to green, and you know it's securely backed up in their cloud. And the other nice thing I like is as soon as you close a document that you've created or worked on, immediately Carbonite is notified, and it starts backing it up as long as you have an active Internet connection. How much easier is that? It can't be much simpler.
1: No, that really, yeah. No, it can't be much simpler than that. But I have a question. What happens if I do get like a virus or, excuse me, a bad malware thing? Does that get backed up to carbonite?
2: Well, it's not supposed to, is the correct textbook answer. Um, <laughs> I've only seen that happen once in all my years, uh, that there was a file that somehow snuck in there, but that was a long time ago, and I think their detection equipment has gotten a lot better. Now, you know, one thing that uh, we all have to be aware of is we kind of work in the rears on these viruses and malwares, meaning that a lot of these companies don't have a cure for it until we know what the vagrant is, and kind of almost like we're dealing with our coronavirus thing. They, it's destroying uh, and hurting a lot of people and killing people, and it's going to take some time for the, uh, for people to come up with a cure and, the, and, and hopefully the vaccine soon. So it's kind of almost that way on some new malwares that come out. Is it takes a little while for the companies to come up with something to to, to cure those. Ah. That's why it's so, so important to do those updates that pop up that sometimes people ignore. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have some clients, not you, who feel empowered to just say no. And in this case, that's not always the right answer. Uh, When those pop-ups come up and ask you to update, and if it's software that you recognize, that's something that you really ought to take advantage
1: of. Oh, okay. So always have it updated. Make sure it stays updated
2: that is if i can leave the most impressionable point on your audience it would be to update frequently and that goes for your antivirus software your and don't assume it's back it's doing it automatically oh really Uh, the time it will Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah it's supposed to we want it to we expect it to but every once in a while it doesn't happen and I think the greatest uh, way to prove my point is just go and check your Windows updates and see how many are pending. See how many haven't automatically installed. Oftentimes, it's asking for permission, and we don't grant it that permission. And it just sits there. And then we can't take advantage of what Microsoft is providing to us. And, you know, we've purchased the licenses when we get our Windows 10 computers, and they promise us updates. And... We need to be aggressive and take advantage of them because most of those are designed to cure known flaws that Microsoft is aware of.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, and
2: yeah. Um, just say no is usually not the right answer. And I encourage all of my customers if they're not sure then give me a call and ask me, should I do this? Is this one I should do? And then I'll empower you to make the right choice uh, because the worst choice is not making you just saying no.
1: Yeah, sometimes when I recognize yeah sometimes when I look at what um, Windows has downloaded for updates it looks like it's almost the same thing over and over again but just a little bit different in the description do I need to load every download or every update
2: no I don't think you do I, I think the one that is most important are the uh, critical updates those are the ones that I always recommend that my, my customers pay most attention to. Okay. Uh, they will have some optional updates, and sometimes those are helpful if you're having a particular issue. For an example, an optional update, let's say you're using a wireless keyboard or mouse. Mm-hmm. It might be an update for that software program that may or may not be beneficial for somebody, but it's not essential. It's not something that needs to have installed in order for it to run correctly. But when you have an urgent update, that's the manufacturer telling you that, hey, we've identified a critical issue, and in order to fix this, you need to stop and do this update.
1: Ah. So there's
2: quite a difference. And then in between, there are other updates that might come up that uh, aren't urgent, but they're important. For example, there might be an update for a video card again, not urgent. You still see things on your display. However, that update might help for a known problem that other people have experienced. And so they're trying to be proactive and, and stop that problem from, from having others' experience. Or they might have included something that enhances their product, makes it better, provides additional features.
1: I always thought they made you pay for features. Well, uh,
2: <laughs> some do, but the, um, we're talking here about updates, and okay. you know, there's no charge for those kinds of things, okay. but their features are, are different add-ons, yes, and they do charge for those.
1: Okay. Well, um, I think it's time to take a break, let our uh, sponsors have a word, so we'll be right back talking to Doug. We're on Telcom Talk with Pat Pittman, and we will be right back after this break. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: Every day in business, we hear jargon, see rioting from so-called experts, and don't know what we should follow and what we should avoid. Now, there's a program to sort everything out. The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman is the program that provides actual best practices, insights, and real-world solutions that help business executives, technology executives, managers, and staff using straightforward talk. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
2: America business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to Telecom Talk. To reach Pat Pittman or her guest today, call in 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, send it to Pittman at stonegate-consulting.com. That's p-p-i-t-t-m-o-n at stonegate-consulting.com. Now, back to Telecom Talk.
1: Well, welcome back. Um, we're here talking to Doug Arthur of the The Computer Handyman, Inc., and trust me, from a person who doesn't, who is somewhat familiar with computers and somewhat comfortable with them, um, I call Doug whenever I get in trouble. So um, we were talking a little bit about updates, Doug, and I know it. They kept telling me I had to, and I still haven't done it. About upgrading from Windows Seven to uh, Windows Ten. What's your opinion on that?
2: Well, it seems about time that we really have to uh, update to Windows 10. As much of a lover as Windows 7 as I've been, and I have fought the update, I think, as long as, we, as I could, the reality is, is that, being that Microsoft isn't providing those updates any longer, Windows 7, as the days go by, is becoming less and less safe. And certainly more subject to bad guys penetrating the operating system. And, you s- know, sometimes people ask me, excuse me, will, will ask like, well I don't understand. I have all the antivirus product you bought told me to buy, I have malware bytes. I have super anti spyware, isn't that enough? And for a while it was enough, but as time goes on, those critical updates that Microsoft isn't providing Windows seven users really creates a lot of opportunity for bad guys to seep in our system. And even if you think you're safe on the internet, and maybe uh, even just going on one or two websites, and it's, it's not so much that, it's the things that are going on behind the scenes that you can't see. Just being connected to the internet makes you horrible. And really? I often huh. give the illustration of just somebody in a boat going fishing in the middle of the ocean and everybody can see you, you're a target. So there could be landmines or, or water mines or things just floating up to you or somebody can 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 hit you from a distance. I mean, my point is is that you're wide open, you're vulnerable, and that's what you're kind of like in, on the Internet. You're just in this big ocean, and unless you have security and you have protection and you have the latest operating system, all those vulnerabilities and and the fact that you're out there just become more obvious to the bad guys.
1: So it's time to upgrade, huh?
2: I'm afraid so. The good news Mm, is that for some Windows 7 diehards that just hate the interface of Windows 10, there is a free overlay that's available that will make Windows 10 feel and operate closer to Windows 7. So there's not as much of a learning curve if you choose to run it and experience what Windows Seven provided, but unfortunately in, in in the in the times that we we live in, and there's so many bad guys around, and unfortunately, most of them are from countries that we don't have any jurisdiction in, yeah. um, we have to be just as vigilant as possible and uh, keep the current operating system at the at the latest one, which is Windows ten, and most most importantly is keep those updates and and make sure your security uh, software is is running efficiently.
1: Okay. Uh, Speaking of the difference between 7 and 10, other than the interface, which, you know, isn't all, from from my perspective, isn't all that bad. I mean, I can figure it out. Um, I know some people panic when they have to do something different, but I'm okay with it. Other than Microsoft not providing updates, is there any other reason we would want to go to ten from seven?
2: Well, of course, yeah. I, I think the most important one is just the the, the stronger security that Windows ten provides. Windows okay. Seven doesn't. Um, again, it's I, I keep talking about vulnerability, and you want to reduce that. You want to let the bad guy go to the next computer. They they look for weakness. They don't look for individuals necessarily but they're looking for vulnerability, ways they can get in. And on the new Windows 10 operating system, it just makes it a lot harder for them to do that. And even in the paper today, I was reading an article about the difference between uh, Windows 10 Home and Windows 10 Pro, and I was reminded about the encryption uh, uh, called uh, BitLocker that comes with Windows 10 Professional, and that, what that does is it encrypts your files. So every time you go on your computer, you log in and you type your password, it unencrypts those files and allows you to see them. But when you're not logged in, those files are actually encrypted, and the bad guys couldn't even see those files. So it's just another important level of protection that that version of Windows 10 provides. But more importantly, Windows 10 itself just provides more security, and um, uh, a better interface Mm -hmm. uh, to protect us from those bad guys that I speak of.
1: So on on this BitLocker, um, the home version does not have it?
2: Right, it doesn't, no. So it's not encrypting files as the same way as the Pro version does. That's why when I build custom computers, I always use the Pro version, and that's just one of the reasons Uh, The Pro just offers, uh, 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 I always felt, in every version of Windows, just a lot more uh, security. I always felt that it was more stable. Mm -hmm. And it offers us as technicians uh, more permissions to customize systems, oftentimes to protect the user from clicking the wrong places and making mistakes.
1: Okay, wow, that's, that's interesting because I know a lot of people who probably have Windows 10 for home and do home banking and all that kind of stuff, and you're saying that it's really not as protected, even though they're on 10, it's not as protected as if they had Windows 10 Pro.
0: Well,
2: I think that's certainly true when it comes to documents and spreadsheets and things that we create. Um, I think the online experience is more governed by our own individual security as well as the bank security. Oh, okay. Um, I think, yeah, and I think we've heard about those uh, those encryption keys or those people that actually take over our files and demand a ransom.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, ransomware is, is what it's called, and I've seen it in action. It's very, very difficult, if not impossible. Uh, without paying a ransom to bad guys to to get your 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 encryption key which is like a combination to have to open up your files again so if you can imagine with windows 10 professional it's kind of doing the same thing but it's protecting you because it keeps regenerating the code and letting you back in
1: ah okay see that's what that's where my question came from about um uploading to like carbonite where you do a backup and it backing up something like ransomware so that it, even if you have a backup, it's not any good if it gets infected with this ransomware. Did you see where I'm going?
2: Yeah, um, I do, I do. I, 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 and, and, again, I've only seen that happen once, and that was uh, maybe 8, 10 years ago. And I know these online backup sources have, have done a really good job of filtering those things okay. out. Okay. Because obviously, not only do they don't want your files inspected, they don't want to get their servers infected and that would hurt other people. Okay. So uh, they, yeah, they've, they really have very high encryption levels that are like government type that really protect your documents and such. Okay. Falling into those kinds of predators.
1: So whoever, okay, so he probably was on a really old system or a really old backup. Where you know it had yeah, backed backed up the, backed up the virus, and he really did have to pay the ransomware.
2: He did. Yeah, it was very expensive. Yeah. The frustrating thing is, is you're paying that ransomware to a crook.
1: Yeah, I know.
2: Stolen from you, and they've stolen <laughs> already, and then you have to trust them, and and it's not like you get an eight hundred number that you can talk to somebody. No. So uh, you're, you're really hoping that they'll keep their word. And I must tell you that the last customer that was forced to pay a ransom to get their wedding list back for their, their upcoming wedding, and they didn't have any of their wedding information, it was all encrypted.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: As they, after they paid the fee and the encryption key was installed, we had 30 minutes to pull that data back down before they started to do it again. And they didn't tell us they were going to re-encrypt it. We assumed, never a good thing, that we'd pay it once and then we'd be free from this person. But no, we had a 30-minute window to get the files off of that computer. And what it did is it re-encrypted everything and made the computer useless. So, unfortunately, it wasn't a good ending. But the good news is they were able to get their wedding information off. And as I understand, they're still happily married.
1: Okay, well, that's good. Um, So you're saying that, you know, they can put a time limit on it, and if you don't get it in time, they'll re-encrypt it and make you pay again?
2: In this case, they did, yes. Whoa. Sometimes, too, initially with ransomware, they'll put a clock up on there, and they'll tell you you have so much time to pay this money. Otherwise, uh, all these files will, will be encrypted for life. And if you, sh- and it will also threaten if you shut the computer off. Uh, it'll, it'll render them invalid. You won't have a second chance. And on some occasions, I've even heard that they talk to you. Really? If you have your speaker on at that particular moment, it'll say, warning, warning, and, and give you all these harsh instructions that really are pretty intimidating. And oftentimes, there's nothing that we can do other than, Unfortunately, pay the ransom or look for backups, and oftentimes there are no backups, and that's where the crisis really happens. It, it really hits the most vulnerable who aren't protecting themselves, aren't doing their updates, don't have the latest operating system.
1: Um, okay.
2: I'm a broken record, I know, but... That's <laughs> all things right. ...that you've got to continuously do.
1: Um, What about... I was just going to... I had a... Wait a minute. I lost a question there. Okay. Now I have to... Let's keep talking maybe my question will come back just having a senior moment here um, yeah it well, was like yeah. um, okay we'll just I just I, yeah anyway so um, what are some of the things that we need to do other than the ransomware The I mean not the ransomware the anti antivirus anti-spyware and the malware what other oh, thing no. should we be doing? on a regular basis to keep our computers running smoothly?
2: Well, I'll tell you, a real obvious one to me that most people don't think about is updating your browser. Uh, Whether we use Google Chrome, uh, Internet Explorer, which is really being phased out, and uh, Mozilla Firefox, Opera, there's so many. But some of those don't update by themselves or they'll ask permission if they can. That's something that's really important that you go into the actual software and make sure you are running the most common, uh, excuse me, the most up-to-date version of those browsers. Uh, they don't automatically uh, update through Windows updates other than the Microsoft Edge, which is, again, the replacement for Internet Explorer. But that's something I, I, I ask people to be proactive. Certainly, when I work on anybody's computer, those are, that's part of the things that I do. Another really essential thing that most people never think about is seeing if their drivers are updated. Drivers are, are files or software that make hardware work. The most common update I see is for your video card. And video card updates, uh, a lot of our motherboards are made by Intel or have Intel components, and part of what they provide us are updates to fix known flaws. and. A lot of times I'll look at people's computers, I'll go to the device manager, and I'll see two or three that just haven't been updated. Again, the most common ones are usually related to the video card, uh, the network card, or the wireless adapter, things that connect us to the Internet and give us a steady connection. Uh And the other, the third one, could be something called firmware. And firmware uh, is a chip or BIOS update is another common term. It's a chip that's in our, on our motherboard that gives instructions to how to power up your system. And those that usually come up are essential, urgent, critical, and they really are so important because they're intended to fix something that could potentially be hazardous or break. And the third thing that I think is most important is, again, the critical Windows updates. When those pop up, you really should stop what you're doing and click OK and let it happen.
1: Oh, it OK. It doesn't
2: prohibit you from working, but it can prevent a condition. Mm.
1: Wow. OK. That's um, – I, I don't think I've ever gone in and uh, proactively updated um, my firmware for sure or my browsers. Uh, so you have to actually go into the browser and say, you know, look for updates.
2: Well, I think it's a wise idea. It's certainly something that I would do during my maintenance check uh, when I work on people's computers, which I can do in person, or obviously now more I'm doing remote support. I understand. That's part of my, yeah, that's part of my maintenance package is to go through and, and look for those obscure updates because they can really make a difference. And sometimes I'll ask a customer, I say, hey, by the way, are you having any trouble do you uh, on your video display? Do you ever watch... Uh, a YouTube video, and you see it buffering or stopping, or it flickers, and you know, go, yeah, yeah, that actually does happen occasionally, and that would be an indicator of of a, a video card maybe not having the most current drivers. And it's remarkable; it's almost like getting a new video card when you put those updated drivers on, and all of a sudden things start working the way they're supposed to.
1: Mm-hmm. Every now and then when I'm, you know, like, like I, let's, I, I'm trying to remember what I updated, but I updated one of my software packages, and it asked me if I wanted to also buy a driver update package. I always say no, but are they worth it?
2: Well, I've seen some of them, and I, I think they can get pretty aggressive. And oftentimes I've seen them not only sell you their software, but try to sell you the drivers that are available free from the manufacturer. And you think, well, why can they, how can they do that? Well, the, the, the driver might be free, but they're trying to sell the manufacturer's additional products. So it could be a software program, uh, it could be another completely different program made by the same manufacturer. But the driver company is saying, well, this is essential, this is what you need. And I've had customers pay a lot more money than was necessary because really everything that they needed uh, was provided free if they just went on the right side or had somebody directing them appropriately.
1: Wow. Okay, so there's always somebody out there trying to make money off of you when you they really don't you know you really don't need to be paying for it.
2: <laughs> oh, that's so true. Yeah, I see that a lot. And, and also, too, another piece of information that I hope is valuable uh, is when you Google something, you got to be really careful. Don't always choose the first one that pumps out. Uh, if you're looking for a driver or you're looking for an Intel driver, uh, there could be something before the Intel name. For example, it might be www.msi.intel.com. Well, that's not the right one. You want to go directly to intel.com. And otherwise, you're going to get a completely different experience. So, it's really important to pay attention to what pops up and not always choose the first one, but spend a few extra minutes and make sure it's the right one.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> Boy, yeah, a lot of things to do. Well, let's just take a break to um, talk to our uh, sponsors and hear what they have to say. But we will be right back with Doug Arfus. Stay tuned. For Telecom Talk. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy. With co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Class, Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us these possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others creating a brighter future for all of us the soul of enterprise is heard live every friday at 1 p.m pacific time 4 p.m eastern on the voice america business channel and simulcast at the same time on the voice america variety channel
2: it's time to take charge of your own career path but how do you get started first
0: Tired of the get-rich-quick or how-to-flip-home shows? Are you ready to step up your game and invest in commercial real estate? James Nelson, a top New York City broker, will show you step-by-step how to acquire, operate, and profit. You'll also hear from real estate legends on how they made their fortunes and industry experts on strategies for success. Tune into Real Estate Investing, live from New York, on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Business.
2: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: You are listening to Telecom Talk. To reach Pat Pittman or her guest today, call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, send it to ppittman at stonegate-consulting.com. That's p-p-i-t-t-m-o-n at stonegate-consulting.com. Now, back to Telecom Talk.
1: Well, welcome back to Telecom Talk. This is Pat Pittman, and we're talking with Doug Arfa from the Computer Handyman And let me tell you, as far as I'm concerned, um, (laughs) I think Doug's great because he's always been able to fix my problem and be able to be very attentive to me. But I live here in Phoenix, and so does he. However, I believe if I have talked to you, and I know I've got something on my computer that says connect to Doug, um, what's that all about?
2: Well, uh, I put an icon on my customer's computer called Connected Doug, and it's a way that we can remote in together. So, uh, for example, if a customer sees something on their computer, they're not sure what it is, it looks strange to them, they can call me, and then I'll set a time for them uh, to click on the Connected Doug, and they would read me a number that would let me in their computer one time, and it looks and feels like I'm right in front of you working on your computer, and you want customer and I uh, usually engage in a pleasant conversation and figure out what issue they're having and whether they're in Phoenix or they're in another country, another state, uh, I have access to them and I can usually fix their problem right then and there. And the best part of that is if there's, there's no travel involved. So I, I charge people by the 15-minute increment instead of the hour increment when I physically go to their location. And a lot of times, it's something that I can fix relatively quickly, and especially if you're traveling, it can get real frustrating when you can't do the things you need to do. And I'm a phone call away, and as long as I have an internet connection, chances are I can solve that problem.
1: Wow, that sounds like a really good um, service to have, because, you know, sometimes I've been on the road, I know, I've been in a hotel, and all of a sudden, I can't figure out what's wrong with my computer. And, you know, I don't have any place to go because I'm in a strange city. I don't know anybody in that city who's a computer repairman that I would trust. And that's the part, you know, I would trust. So you provide that type of service. Do you provide that? Do, you, do I have to buy a computer from you or buy something from you in order to get that service?
2: No, I'm glad you asked that. It's actually a free program that you download from the Internet, and you have full control of that. So if you ever hit the X, that physically takes me out of your computer. I can't get back in. It'll work on any branded computer, uh, even Macintosh. So although I don't profess to be a Macintosh expert, when it comes to basic services, I can certainly assist with that, whether it be... Even connecting a wireless printer remotely, I've had success doing that on a Mac. Uh, But yes, the software is available uh, at no charge, and nothing has to be purchased for me in order for us to have that uh, ability to communicate.
1: So you could fix my computer no matter where I am as long as I have an internet connection.
2: Yes, no matter where you are or if you're on somebody else's computer even. Uh, I've had people, customers call me from the, where they're visiting, their family, and uh, they had a computer that wasn't working right, and we loaded the software on their computer, and I was able to work on it as well. So uh, it really does help, especially when you have other family members that are having issues. We can put that connected dog Doug icon on their computer, and then they have a a friendly person to contact when they have any questions or issues
1: well oh there's a lot there okay now um how do people get a hold of you if they need to talk to you about a computer issue
2: well i'd like to give out my direct cell phone number uh which is 602-989-1321 and i invite people to call me 24-7 doesn't mean I'm going to be there 24-7 <laughs> have to sleep part of that time. But
1: oh, come there, on. You, you sleep?
2: <laughs> I have to, yeah. This oh, keeps, come it keeps on. me uh, smart, I guess. You yeah, know? I guess. But uh, I always will call people back within 24 hours. I'm really good about that. And uh, I would like to offer your, your audience uh, a free phone call as well. If they have a question, feel free to call me. I'll provide the best answer I can. If you leave me an email, oftentimes I can send you uh, a link to something else that would provide uh, suggestions. And There's a lot of information out there. It's just really knowing how to find it.
1: Okay, what's your email address?
2: My email address is Doug and then... The abbreviation for Phoenix, PHX, at yahoo.com. So Doug, PHX at yahoo.com.
1: Okay, great. Um, so you can you'll take a call from my listeners, and you know without charge for one question. Anything after that, um, you're going to get charged for. But Doug is offered to no, Doug is offered to answer a question for you, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of times I just have. A simple, que- well, I think it's a simple question. It's usually probably not. But, you know, just being able to turn around and call somebody and get a quick answer is, is really worth it. It really is. Because other than that, you're, you're continuing on not knowing what uncharted territory you're getting into.
2: Well, you know, and that's so true. And, and, you know, I always tell my existing clients that if you're not sure, just pick up the phone and ask. And most of the time, it's just a a quick question. Should I update this? Why is that popping up? Should I close that window? And I can answer that quickly, efficiently, and at no charge. I'm not a lawyer. I don't bill you by the tenth of a moment. (laughs) My goal is to empower you to make the right choices and know that there's somebody friendly that's going to talk to you like a regular person not intimidatingly, and my goal is to, to make this enjoyable, to, to make this tool work and and work efficiently for you. I mean, after all, that's why you have it—not to be frustrated, but to be able to accomplish things. And that's what I tend to do.
1: Do you also have any sort of a paid service, like you, you know, like a monthly service that you provide to uh, clients, where you know? Well. You go in and do all these things that I've been we've been talking about
2: you know I, I do uh, certain clients do require more maintenance, more upkeep uh, for varying reasons, so I do have some that I, I contact once a month and uh, we figure out a time and date that works for them on a monthly basis. It doesn't, and it's flexible it can change. We all know that in this this crazy world we can't always keep to an exact schedule true but the important thing. But the important thing is now more than ever, we rely on our computers to communicate with friends, with relatives, with doctors, with employers. Uh, We're really so dependent on this piece of equipment to do so many things for us. It really also deserves our time and attention to update and clean and do the maintenance on it, just like anything that we rely on and and, and want to uh, keep in good repair so it'll last as long as possible. But, yes, I do provide those services. And what's also important, too, is when we do a remote session, I break that up in 15-minute increments. So rather than when I make a service call to somebody's home physically, I charge a minimum of an hour. Mm-hmm. When we do it remotely, I do it for a minimum of 15 minutes. Wow. And oftentimes, that's all it takes. So if I can save people money and move on to the next thing, that's that's my goal.
1: You know, that's some you know, I... As we have, and I'm sure, you know, you've told me many times that I could be a little better in keeping my computer up. But I also, one of the things that you always chastise me about, which I then never do again, is uh, dust my computer. You know, actually dust the fans and stuff. Do you recommend that people shut their, you know, computers down and actually dust them or vacuum them?
2: Pat, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> most people actually run their vacuum cleaners in there and then tell me the story afterwards. Uh, boy, oh. you know, it, you got to be so delicate when you open up a computer and foremost you have to unplug it. I can't tell you how many people have used their vacuum cleaner on a computer that was running thinking oh. that they would do more efficiently a more efficient job that way. And they, the computer, the vacuum was so strong, it actually took a piece of the motherboard off when in the vacuum. And, of course, when the computer stopped working. And they got quite a shock in the process. So my suggestion is if you feel comfortable enough to blow out all the dust in your computer, obviously unplug it, take it outside, don't blow it inside your environment because you're just going to create uh, more dust. Uh, and it's so important to also get all of the dust out of the power supply. And that should be done at least once a year, especially if you have vets, because it is a real hair attractor. And if those fans get blocked and your computer starts running hot, uh, it's not going to run efficiently. It's going to lock up, it's going to shut off, and it's going to die of premature death. So cleaning it on the inside is that very important. And if they're not comfortable doing that, that's certainly a service I provide as well. And normally we can do it within a normal service call, but it is really important to keep them clean and and, and maintain it as part of the service.
1: Should I not? So you're what you're saying is I shouldn't open it up and get my vacuum cleaner out. Um, what
2: about? I'd rather you not. I, okay. You know me now. You don't have to do that.
1: I know. But what about the that that stuff that you know those air things that blow air on it. You know, the dust. Yeah, those compressed air cans. Yeah, that's the one. That's what I
2: prefer. That's what I use. Yeah, because you can really target the direction of the air in a concentrated uh, location. And not only with the power supply being a fan in there that's important to clean, but there's also one on the processor. And when I clean them, I also listen very intently to the sound it makes when I push the air against it because I really want to hear more of a racing sound than a whining sound. Because usually whining means that the bearings are starting to fail, or there could be excessive dirt in the bearings, which will eventually lead that fan not to efficiently cool any longer. So, uh, when you're cleaning them, listen to the sounds that the fans are making when you're spinning, and they they should sound um, they should direct up and direct down consistently without a breaking pattern. So that's something to listen for.
1: Okay, so you really do have to listen to your computer, right?
2: Yeah, in more ways than one. <laughs> if it's whining, it's trying to tell you something. You better pay attention.
1: Uh, yeah, because years Absolutely. ago, didn't didn't you have didn't the disks spin up years ago, and you would you actually could hear them spinning up or spinning down? But you don't get that anymore. That's true.
2: No, no. Even those new hard drives now, those uh, solid-state hard drives are just like big chips. So there's no moving parts in them. But again, the processor still has a fan on it for cooling, and the power supplies have a fan to keep that that power supply cool, which is so essential. So, and I know with the ones the systems that I custom build, there's an additional uh, chassis fan to, to to move the air along and to push the warm air out more efficiently. So. Uh, keeping those fans clean and, and uh, sounding well makes a big difference on how long those computers will last.
1: Well, Doug, um, you've given us a lot to think about and a lot to do to, to keep our computers running. Um, I know when I don't have my computer, I feel lost. It's it's funny, but all of a sudden, if it's not working, I look at myself and say, now what do I do? I mean, it's got all my information, all my telephone numbers, all my addresses, all that stuff on it. And when it dies, I'm like, now what do I do? I really appreciate you coming on the show today. And again, um, offering my listeners a free call to um, ask a question of Doug. And maybe uh, we get enough questions, we'll get you back another time and have some more in-depth discussion. Doug, thank you. I really appreciate it. And everybody, y'all come back next week, and we'll have another good show for you. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for making Telecom Talk a part of your week. Be sure to join host Pat Pittman for another episode next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll connect again next week.